I really spent a half a million on the house for granted. I'm really out here dancing. I'm really not romantic. I really got that petty. Hey, hey, I really know it's Eddie. Yo, what's up, everybody? We're back. It's first smoke of the day. It's your boy, Pat Gods. I'm here with my co-host, Black what up, what up? And This is episode 41. We got a super special guest in the building. It's Kenji from Dr. Green Thumb. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Man, how you doing today, big dog? I'm doing great, man. Just uh, excited to be here and chop it up with you guys. Triple OG. I don't know if you know. Now you will know. But tell them <laughs> a little bit about Kenji. Oh. back history we're about to find out today infamous la og grower and i mean og mean original gangster growers not just grows og <laughs> but also infamous for og growing and uh i just looked at some weed that took me back about 10 to 12 15 years just even the structure alone and the smells we're in for a surprise i mean i'm real excited to see you in charge and what we're what you just brought us is something i would go to the shop for right now and you know oh man i appreciate it yeah we're trying to you know we love the flavors and everything and we've always been og and gas guys right so um there was that time period where you know it kind of went down a little bit right flavor started coming and everybody got into the purples and the fruits and all this other shit which you know (laughs) is great you know what i'm saying i'm i'm not dogging that at all but it, it took it down where, you know, OG was like this super level to where it was like, damn, man, we're growing it and people don't even want it no more. And it's fucking flame. Right. So we uh, we toned it down for a little bit, even cut it out for a while. Um, and then we just got sick of like not having that super headbang type punch to your jaw type smoke. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, we're we're getting ready to bring the gas back, bring OGs back heavy make it like it should be you know what i'm saying dude i love that even with the new phases of like hash rosin and all this other stuff that's going on because the weed like the industry goes through these huge phases where like you said you'll damn near hold something off or kill it and then 10 years later it's like yo we want that back what happened to it and you're like as a grower you're like well we had to keep something alive for 10 years and now bring it back because it's like the cycles right like sometimes there's those things that kind of just live in eternity, right? They're just going to be forever. Like there's brands that you're going to know for the rest that's been here before you. It's going to be here after your kids and everything else, you know, um, with products like that. I mean, you know, OG, I think started, uh, a different trend in weed game years ago. Right. Um, you know, before Kush came around, um, it was like people were calling shit Indo and chronic, you know, there wasn't none of this fire. There wasn't like, and you know, within a couple of years of Kush, everything was Kush, even if it wasn't, <laughs> you know, and it was kind of way of people to sell their weed. Right. And then all of a sudden there's names to all the different Kushes, right. Cause it now people have to brand their own version of what they're doing. You know, the, the funny thing when we got here was like every brand had their own OG. Yeah. So, yeah. and, but it, cause we came at the tail end of the OG exotics were the new thing, right? right. Where people were lying on Absolutely. exotics as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, for us, it was before even it was OG, it was Kush. Mm. We had to put the moniker to OG because, um, it was the original. It, it had nothing to do with original gangster. It had nothing to do with ocean grown which is, you know, shit that we've heard all over the place. Right. And 
in people's respective circles, I get that if that's what it was over there. But in our camp, it was original. And that was to define it from everything else, right? Because we were smoking OG before people even knew what the fuck it was, right? And then, you know, um, we were working with like Josh D and those guys. Those are like my boys from from way back, right? Um, home grows, four lighters, you know, closets. You know, uh, we started the what is known as Bubba Kush, right? To us, it was Ooh. Kush Bubba or Cabers as we called it back then. That was started in B Real's garage in like 1997. The original Bubba. That was I Fino hunted that. Oh wow! And that was that was seeds that were gifted to us via Josh D and his crew, and those those were all you know done at at their place back in those days. And I was just talking to Josh D about it, right? So we could like kind of put our stories together, right? Because all these circles have their own ideas of what happened. And all we can really talk about is what happened in our circle with certainty, right? And 20 years ago. And 20, yeah, bro. Yeah, and, and, and you know, time. and everybody has their own version of shit. You it's know, a long time ago. I've read shit where people said, you know, if you say you had OG before 2007, like it wasn't OG. Like, yo, what are you talking about? We were already a decade deep at that point, mm -hmm. you know? But we kind of, I mean, we, we had to buy it for like $100 an eighth. And you're talking about back then. Right. So in L.A., in L.A. Wow. No one paid one hundred dollars an eighth for shit. But when you looked at it, you're like, fuck, dude, I got to have it. You know, Sticky. and, and, and a little Poe, goes you, a far way. Yeah, it, it was a little it, it seemed like it was different back then and way more potent, way more flavor. You know, um, I don't think like it's been that many years where I actually forgot what it what it's like. But when you see what's happened in the industry and what people have done with it, it kind of like went super commercial where I could see where the price drop was. Right. Cause when we first did it, it was, we were getting like $8,000 a pound, 500 an ounce, like all day long, people wow. would chuck money before the, the crops were done because there was nothing else like it. Right. And that's just what it went, you know, you know 7,000, 6,000, 5,000 and get, get to be the point where it's not even, worth it could we go into one like and i know i want to know we're going to go through a timeline but just the first time that you were gifted the clone or saw the bag and you knew like i'm about to receive something special or or this thing that is coming into my camp is about to really change everything yeah you know well we we were doing the bubba we started uh, we popped those seeds in 97 like beginning in 97 we started seeing like the first harvests mid mid to like late 97 and it became part of the lyrics of like dr green thumb song right 20 plants stinking up the neighborhood like that that kind of that was like literally his garage and it was literally that amount of plants that reeked the entire neighborhood up right because <laughs> it was just open flower we didn't we didn't really know much about grows i mean at that time when we really started high hydro style growing there wasn't even stores really to buy equipment from or ask people how to do shit you know it's it, wow. it was just that's what it was um you know there was a couple stores that we went to where we got a little bit you know we'd have to talk about like tomatoes or something like that because everybody <laughs> yeah. was still scared about what was going on and we had to take a lot of the the styles and advice from like our boys from up north that were you know soil guys right um but it, it you know, like with anything, you know, experience brought a lot of knowledge 
failures, more importantly, you know, we learned what not to do. Um, so we did the Bubba for years and, you know, at that same time we were touring, right? So it was hobby level at that point, but we still maintained everything with, with friends that, you know, kind of we brought in at that time. And, you know, we would hit Amsterdam and it was like the first time when I walked into a store and I was like, dude, you could buy seeds here. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like you're looking (laughs) at a menu of all different kinds of seeds, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, we bought back like white Russian, white rhino, black domina, fire, Cali. O, like all these things that became pretty popular at that time. Right. And, 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 uh, that's where we really started, you know, experimenting with pheno hunting and, and, and things like that. So, you know, we went through a bunch of stuff and just like the, the Bubba, it changed kind of everything because there was nothing you could do to control smell. You know, it, it's that strong when you're growing it, that there's literally not, there was nothing you could do at the time. There wasn't carbon filters. There was Ona. Yeah. Right. So it was like, wow. So, or Ona, like yeast Ona came packs. before carbon filters. Yeah. Wow. They'd Ona have these there. like yeast packs and weird shit you'd put in the corner in a bucket and they'd be like, no, it eats yeah. the smell. It eats the smell. You're yeah. like, this, yeah. guy, this guy, this guy's the Rosemary King. I would yeah. have a rosemary and I'd walk out there on a hot day and like whack the shit out of it, you know, and then let it, the whole house would outside would smell like rosemary. And I'm like, we'll get through this week. Yeah. We you would know? get like, like Ona, have that all throughout the house or everywhere. And then outside we'd go get like, couple bags of like cow shit or something and and, you know or you know some kind of manure or something and you would think like yo this is this is really this smells so bad it's gonna like get rid of the smell and then you drive in at like two in the morning when it's the air is nice cold and crisp and all you smell is push and shit oh literally you there was no there was no way to yeah cover it you know what i mean but it's a distinct smell too it's not like oh you could mistake that for something else you're like this is sweet gassy weed smell yeah just yeah Yeah. bring us back before that you know when growing up you know what i mean what it was like growing up where you're from um Um, stuff like that and then you know kind of jump back into there where you know, obviously, you're a good, great friend of yours is Be Real from Cypress Hill. Mad shout out to him. Yeah, man. like how Matter all that spec. happened. Absolutely. Yeah, I grew up in the valley, um, in like Granada Hills. And, I you know, know the, the, the first time I was smoking weed was, I think I just turned 15, something like that. And, you know, I grew up really strict Japanese. My father is a martial arts instructor and first generation Japanese dude, right? And a, wow, he was a professor at Cal State Northridge. So, oh, to Teddy. me, Very yeah, wow. yeah, you know, growing up, like drugs, tattoos is a no, period, right? Especially so, in Japan, especially in Japan, yeah, right? Because um, it associated you with a what they considered a lower class. Even even still, it's it's yeah, no, nah, it's not really like cool. looked at too good, right? So, you know. It was what it was, you know, my parents, they both work. So it was just my brother and I kind of loose after school and whatnot. So it was just one of my buddies that, you know, they always smoke weed down the street, you know what I'm saying? And (laughs) for years I put that off because I was still in the martial arts heavy. And, you know, at that time it was like heavy on the dare program. It was when it just started. Right. And uh, coming out of school, I was like, oh man, this is going to mess my lungs up or this is going to mess karate up, or this is, I'm going to get in trouble. If my dad smells this shit, I'm dead. You believed in yeah. what, what the stereotypical thing was. 
yeah, yeah at, at the time because did. it wasn't the really stigma was a lot different yeah and at that time really when i looked at the weed that was around i wasn't like i was like why are you guys even smoking those are yeah. sticks and seeds and shit in that you know yeah. what i mean and and then to go and get it you're going to the hood and you know to go to do that then it's like you got fools whistling on the corner and it was like dude like gangsters and like i was 15 at the time so i was like oh dude this is cr- i'm not even trying to no go do all that you know um and then it just came to the point where i tried it once and it was like i'd smoke like very randomly it was like once a month or something like that then it just after a couple of times it just you know became once a week then a couple times a week then <laughs> once a day then multiple times a day and uh yeah by like high school you know um we saw at that time i think it was like skunk was okay. was kind of starting to come around yep. so you know, first time smoking weed could you just take us back to that exact time was it, it was obviously just sticks and stems yeah you know we were all like uh the neighborhood kids like me my my buddies we would just there was one of our boys that had a house where his parents were cool with us just hanging out so we were just in front in the street in front of their house you know and at that time you know people weren't into your shit they weren't into your business it was just right. we weren't causing trouble we were just Staying out there around yeah bullshitting you know and riding bikes so we yeah yeah you know so we'd be like riding bikes around the neighborhood like sneak away to go try to you know roll a joint or something like that but you know like the first time you were gonna smoke weed were you like all right because your friends always done it where you're like today i'm gonna try it fuck it i'm I'm gonna try it today or was it just like you were standing in a circle and it got past and you were just like eh all right yeah i was just like one time they were smiling i was like fuck that let me let me yeah yeah see what this about you're gonna hit it I'm like, cool, man. And I remember hitting it and I was like, man, this ain't doing nothing and hit it a couple more times. And then, you know, a few minutes later, I'm like, oh, fuck, dude, this is I was all like not spinning or nothing like that. But, I, you know, I got to get used to the way the, the high was because I had never even drank at that point, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I think it was just the thing where I grew up. Kind of so anxious, you know, mm-hmm. uh, martial arts was hardcore. I did martial arts and, and baseball and that was like my life. It was school, that, this, that, like, you know, and then whatever time I had to go ride my bike with, with my friends, that was my life at the time. So, you know, I think when I started smoking, it kind of eased a little bit of the tension I was because I was this kid in martial arts whose dad was like this crazy dude that would, that everybody in the neighborhood was scared of, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like that dad and I was scared. You know, my brother was scared. Everybody was scared of him just because he looked like Bruce Lee, right? Like he was like that kind of guy. And, you know, I think it just took the tension out of the day yeah. and the ex- expectations that was put on me all the time. So it was just that little bit of getaway that I think I enjoyed and I ended up enjoying a lot. Look, which, and your friends to this day, do they ever say like, dude, can yeah. you imagine what we created? Like, and now you're like, the the guy you know what i'm saying when you when i i'm gonna be honest when you think of la ogs like you're the first name that comes to my mind as a grower who's from the east coast like i heard about you 15 years ago <laughs> I, you know? dude you know i i guess I, I i'm not that i'm oblivious to what that was i just never wanted to be that dude mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like for me it's like we started growing weed because we couldn't afford to buy it it was never a money thing you know so we're like okay let's do this because we didn't want to go like minimum wage at that time was like three dollars or four dollars an hour man you know what i'm saying like what are you gonna do with that you know plus i was i had expectations and other things to meet right (laughs) and so you know yeah the growing thing like it i think my first plants were literally in 
in my backyard. Like I tried to hide them. I was like in high school. I, I was like eight, barely 17 or 18 or something like that. I, I hid a few plants behind, I popped some seeds that we had out of one of those bags and put them behind some of these like fern trees or something like that out there. And, you know, that was like the first experience, but as far as really doing it was with, we learned with be real. Like that was, wow, it, really? it happened in his place. Yeah. So he, he was very much into growing and, and kind of your crew, it was like a shared, shared experience. It was kinda. a shared experience yeah. all then, right? Um, you know, he had grown some trees outdoors and stuff like that, but I think it's where we're shifting because of where we are, we're at, we're in the Valley. Right. So it was inside and everybody was, was, was starting to do that. Right. Um, yeah, dude, it, it, it's, it, That's killer. it just took a lot, a lot of time to figure out how to do that. We, we lost a lot, obviously, like we were killing plants left and right and there was no knowledge to do it. So this was just straight learning experience, right. By killing a shitload of plants. And paying you know, money for rent and, paying, and risking and yeah, yeah. But then you got like homies came, you know, where I really saw some of the first light set up in friends was with Josh D and, um, he was working with our boy Bubba, Matt, uh, Berger. And, um, so they had a setup down in Hollywood it was like, I think it was like four or six lights or something that rock in an apartment. And that's where I saw the OG and I'd be pull up and it's like, just got that smell. And I'm like, dude, these guys are crazy, man. Everybody in the neighborhood can smell. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. So that's a famous spot that they had. Yeah. Very yeah. famous spot, you know. And so I, you know, he offered tips, you know, I was like, obviously, like the, what they were going with, we kind of wanted to grow with. But at that time, there was nothing. It was General Hydro. That's yeah. it. Three like, part. Three part. You know, there was there was a couple other things that uh, that I don't grow tech, I think, was still was still doing back then, too. Mm -hmm. So and I think they're still doing some stuff now. But. I mean, like I said, there was one hydro store in the valley that was like on Reseda and another one that was in uh, like North Hollywood or something like that. And that was it, man. So even to go to those from where I was at was far because and sketchy and and super sketch. We'd, we'd go to the store and then drive around for two hours before <laughs> we went home, you know, just to make sure we weren't yeah. followed. Because at that time, cops were like staking those places mm -hmm. out. Also, it wasn't just about getting jacked. It was trying not to get busted. Yeah, all they have to do is write down a license plate number and that's it. I mean, that's and then it. just wait and try to figure, you know. It was cr it was a way crazier back then, you know. At that time when we blew neighbor, uh B's neighborhood up, <laughs> you know, he was friends with all the neighborhoods, so like it wasn't like they were trying to like rat on B real. What know? what time period was this? This was like when we first started experimenting with popping seeds was around I want to say it was like late 96 because that's when i i started touring with them in 95 i met b in 93 just out of high school you know like, like literally my first cypress hill concert you know rewind i i went yeah, to yeah. i went to school or high school uh it was my senior year uh with this girl and we bought weed from her boyfriend uh it was my boy gator so gator at that time he had worked with like house of pain and the whole Soul Assassin crew, right? Um, and was working with Be Real also at the time, Cyprus. Um, so our connection became not only weed, but we're both in the martial arts. Uh, and at that time, I believe uh, Be Real was doing Taekwondo, right? Wow. So I went to the show with him, and this was uh, Dominguez Hills College out here, right? And it was like a Rage Against the Machine, Cyprus, 
Beastie Boys. Damn. Yeah, you know, it was like what, a what we were listening to in the car all the time. And it was my first show and I was like 18 or 19. I think I was 19 at that time or something. I just turned 19. So to go see that was like, dude, this is crazy, right? And B was cool. Sen was cool. Everybody from the band was was super cool. But I was also came via the guy that was, you know, tour managing with them at the time. Wow. Um, and then kind of from there, we just all started hanging out. And, uh, you know, we became close because of the martial art connection, too. And, you know, the weed shit. And, you know, we started after a couple of years, he quit the Taekwondo. He started training with my dad. Um, so we trained for a couple of years, be out all the way up to like almost black belt. I think it was like, wow. Third degree, third brown belt. People Damn, probably don't know man. that about him. No. I definitely didn't. They don't no. know that B will fuck somebody up. Yeah. Hell yeah. You know, yeah. it's not just about like this dude. I mean, he's like six one, like, you yeah. know, he's, he's a, he, no, no, he's no, a no. heavier, bigger You're guy, big but like, but you know, some people think that like, oh man, this guy's just a rapper, but that dude will punch the shit out of you. You know what I'm saying? Bro, he <laughs> was beat the other night he was beating on a drum at the uh, soccer stadium. And I was like, damn, this dude's big. Like he was just like and you know, for the soccer, the LA and the yeah, I was like, holy shit. But and those dudes have been doing that for years, right? Him and Bobo doing solos with the Cypress stuff. So that's like that's the second nature, but it's crazy yeah. to me, though, that these are all original weed guys like you. Your crew is like the original. You're talking Bubba Gator. You're talking. These are famous names that keep coming up in the history of cannabis in L.A. Yeah, I, I, I don't you know, I think it became more famous. And now there's a lot of people doing it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not taking nothing away. Like, yeah, yeah. Like we can go on naming names forever. But yes, I think it became more publicized because of obviously be reals Cy- Cypress connection and. We were literally out there introducing, like, even though, like, Josh D and all these guys, they, they, you know, they were the first guys with the OG over here and, you know, gaming came from Florida, right? So it was already rocking. Um, it, it, it got a different kind of light, right? It went through the crew. Everybody was like, dude, how do we get this? You know, just because it was fire. But once it started went going through studios and then it, it was in the studio sessions and, you know, there was a time where we went to a studio and he wanted to get hook up Snoop Dogg. And it's like, we gave Snoop Dogg his first ounce of OG. And I don't oh, even wow. remember what year this was, wow. you know? And that's and then it started, it started just going through this thing of where, you know, where we take it on tour yeah. and then you're smoking everybody out. And then, you know, you're in other States. First of all, it was big over here, but then you get to like Midwest, East coast where they're they, like, they've, they've never, never seen nothing like that. Weed. And, yeah. then, and then all of a sudden like, dude, what the hell are you smoking? And boom, 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 boom. And you're worldwide. Oh, I smoke all the time. Okay. Hit this. Boom. Like they fall out. And you know, it, it just became one of these things where I, I think just at that time frame there wasn't anything like that, that was going on and it just made waves. Right. And it was always me giving it to people or, friends getting it from me and like, yo, this is from Kenji, blah, blah, blah. Like I've had people say, I got this shit from Kenji, like telling me that <laughs> I, I don't even know. Bro. You know what I'm yeah, saying? So awesome. I was like, yeah, I heard he grows some bomb weed, man. You <laughs> yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, but it, yeah, I mean, you know, there was definitely like a lot of, a, a lot of the, the name drop on there, but man, I, I was never pushing it myself. You know, I, I didn't want to ever get in trouble or fuck my ability up to go tour. I feel like know? a lot of growers, are real comfortable with the behind the scenes are real comfortable with being like, Hey, you know what? I'm all right with pretending like I'm not the one growing this. Like that, that was like the start for most growers. But I, I yeah. do want to ask one thing, take something every grower is familiar with that. Like 
bees grow in the OG. When comes a time when you're like, hey, what's up with a cut? Wow. Because I know that's a big ask for most, you know, especially then. (laughs) Yeah. That was a mission because um, everybody was still understanding the cleaning process too and all that and how to, how to scale it and, and, and how to work. And it was so exclusive. Like Josh, like Josh and the, the couple of, um, of guys that were, were with him kind of, it was like held really close. Um, you know, Josh had popped the seeds. We had another friend that took the seeds from him and then ended up giving me the seeds. That's where the Bubba started. Right. And then, so we started doing that. We ended up saying, taking this and giving it right back to them, the cuts. This is what oh, we selected, okay. right? So it was kind of like a, I think that 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 changed it up a little bit. And then I I want to say that it was Wonder Brett, Brett um, that that ended up giving us the OG cut. And it might have been a wow. trade for something back in the days, um, because again, we it small circles back then, Valley, you know, um, and yeah, just from there, you know between him uh you know he was doing og with his boy cam and you know they're doing the wonder Bread thing now but they were like heavy in the og and the same with my boy matt who does redline right now you know so you know and and we're all from the same neighborhood literally within blocks of each other and then it just you know we all started working with our own individual homies and it was just like boom 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 and then everything you know everybody was rocking og you know the Bubba is something so special. And Bubba unless is. you've had the real Bubba, it's such a distinct version of an OG or, or Hindu Kush or whatever that yeah. lineage is. And the it looks like a mini explosion for people who haven't seen it. Literally, it's explosion out. And the the there's this little bud and this massive fan leaves that kick out from it. But oh, yeah. in the middle is just gold. Yeah, we had like... The selection that you saw was actually not the first choice. Okay. I killed the first choice by accident. Not by accident, but like Worms got it. And then I didn't know how to deal with it back then. And it was like, it was almost a, a cross between, it looked like OG structure, a little, little taller and elongated, but heavier and thicker like Bubba. And it was way frostier. And that would have been the one that we kept. But uh, Bubba now, it never was Bubba Kush, by the way. Oh, It was Kush Bubba. Wow. It started as KB1, KB2, KB3. It, the one we see now, what I don't know if it's people named it pre-98. I don't even know if that's it, but it was KB2. And, you know, we called it Cabers. I don't it, it The flip came, I think. Um, I want to say it had to be around, it might have been 99 or 2000. Um, people were already going pretty heavy here. And that was like the days of like the Canadian packs. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. and you know, <laughs> it got sent to Canada to like bulk up production. Right. And that's kind of when that was just like the way to send it into plummeting costs. And, 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 you know, at that point we're like, okay, the bub is cool, but we were smoking on the OG and OG just had became the primary for, for all of us. Yo, that is some crazy history, though. The original a Bubba, the one, the keeper cut. I can't believe you're would, the one to blame for it. all the Bubba's. I'm, yeah can't believe that no well, because they saw every a lot of people saw the, <laughs> the you know the the canada bubba's oh yeah that, but when yeah. you saw the real bubba we yeah. got in some packs and it once it, it got just, to canada it was, it was never silver well, it was like damn near silver like well, the, the packs dudes, had yeah, like a platinum, platinum. Well, it was like platinum platinum push, right? for sure it was like platinum it was yep. like we called it silver surfer because it was like literally, i remember silver surfer right? that's so, it yeah. so it was it was literally like the first weed that we saw that was kind of gray but the trikes and everything were clear 
right? So it would just look like this sap goo where yeah. you could take it and stick it on the wall Very or any of that other shit. And the smell, like nothing, nothing, dude, still to this day, I don't think there's like a plant that I've grown that smells like that. Like, no. That emits like the power of that smell. Deep right? coffee and cush. Deep, exactly. And mothballs. Yes. Mothballs and espresso coffee, like when it's ground, just some weird, like, oh my God, what is this? And that pre 98 shit, I want to touch on bullshit, man. I, I've been trying to scoop up cuts. I reminiscent about that. And there's so many fake cuts of Bubba going around. It'd be beautiful to see that come back. Yeah. Cause we've tried. I mean, we lost the cut like years ago in, in, in a couple you know, raids and stuff like that. But like, you know, I've seen it. I've seen like, re- like kind of like light remnants of it out there, but none of it just had that explosive smell and flavor that that the original had because before like you know that's a really slow growing plant too it was like double if not triple veg time it doesn't stretch you know so to a lot of the guys that are trying to make money it wasn't the one because it just occupied so much space you know for so long you know and again like you're saying we got we had like 13 inch families before you know i mean it was three fingers wide you know craziest looking plan yeah. if you haven't seen it's a pure it looked like a pure indica to people because we a lot of people haven't seen pure strains in a long long time so that for, for most people that was like this is the craziest looking indica we've ever seen yeah. you know just massive when you go to an og to smoke like because you're the og what, what's the what do you what's your go-to man you know honestly I, I i still love our og we've been sent it to tissue culture and bring it back it's just it's old and tired you know, but we, we, um, it's back now. We're going like way heavier on, on our OG selections and stuff. You know, I like SFV, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was Diablo. There was a few out there that were very close to the original cuts. Yeah. You know, um, true OG for me was like kind of a combination of that plus, plus some, uh, sweetness to it or whatever. Uh, but you know, they're out there, man. Like there's just so much, but it's just randomly, that you see ones that will bring you back to that, that old school cut. Cause uh, it just got so overproduced, you know, watered down with other genetics, but then people try to say, no, this is the OG. And it's like, no, that originally was OG times. Let's say, uh, you know, hind- uh, some other cross, right. right Golden yeah. goat. And they're like, yeah, but it's leaning OG. It's like, yeah, but it's not OG. I, I want to go back though, to you guys are all growing. Be real is already be real. When does it go to you start to become Kenji and now, you know, like, like that after high school phase of now what? You mean like Kenji and like the weed world Kenji or like after high school, right? You go to college or where, where does it go from there? I mean, Tell us a little bit like what, you know, you're, you go to the show, you Mm -hmm. meet the group, you start getting cool, doing martial arts, and then you start going on tour and doing all that. Tell us about that like phase. Cause I know that's got, that's gotta be crazy. Yeah. Right. So back then, like I felt concerts were way different. It was, it was honestly like production. Everything was different back then. Right. Um, yeah. I, you know, out of high school, whatever I met them, like started hanging out with B and whatnot. And at the time I was doing some stupid shit, you know, got in some trouble in it, you know, um, it wasn't that I always worked, I always did, did away or we always did something to make money or whatever. And, you know, I just had seen too many friends take the wrong route. Right. And, you know, so we stayed training or whatever. Me and B would get, you know, we'd meet up at his crib, 
whatever and and smoke a gang of shit smoke all the way come into the karate studio high as fuck stinking like weed probably you know um and it that was probably like the night i wouldn't say 93 94 and into 95 right where where we were really training all the time and we'd go to the studio and, and whatnot and um a little bit before i, I want to say it's probably like the spring of 95 he was like, yo, um, we're going to go on tour, basically. And this was like the summer tour that they were going to do for, I believe it was like, it was like the Black Sunday album, second album, I think it was. Oh, wow. And uh, which is one I'm of their biggest sure albums of all was. time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, so. Um, so he asked me, he's like, dude, I, I want to keep on training, man. You want to come on tour? You know, he asked me. Right? And I was like, Shh, I didn't even have to think about that, you know, because I. It was a way to get me out of town. And it was like, yo, I'm about to go experience this, this life. Right. And, and I never, I barely even been to concerts before that, you know? Um, so we went and I, you know, the idea was to keep on training throughout soon. I think we trained twice. <laughs> a lot of smoking weed. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, you, yeah. you get out there and it's not like what you, what you think where you could just, Hey man, we're going to do this and we're going to set this time aside and we're going to do that. Like mm -hmm. schedules are crazy, right? The way you have to drive to place the time allotted for that. And then when, you know, when I think that time it was like, it was Lollapalooza uh, tour that we were doing or show. I think it started with Lollapalooza, but 97, uh, 95, 95, summer of 95. Uh, so when you get to these big venues, you know, you're, you're a bus and you're next to all these other buses and, or you're in hotels and you're in these venues for hours on hours. And, you know, you try to train, but like, you can't really train like that. There's no real facilities to do that. You know, you're out there, you're, it's like you're on concrete behind the or tour dirt, bus. You, yeah, yeah. Behind yeah. tour buses. And then like to wear like geese or, you, you, you know, the uniform and stuff. It was just like it. And, and it was also summer. It was hot as hell. So, yeah, and you got what two, three hours, maybe. And most people probably want to do something else in that three hours well, for the show. Or yeah, well, there's there's set up. You know, and then there's, you know, the, the, the bands have press and sound check and, you know, you're trying to get moving. So, you know, I kind of just started hanging out with all the crew guys learning, you know, what was going on, um, in production world, you know? So, Oh, interesting. Yeah. I ended up just kind of helping Bobo out, setting up the, the percussions and, and things like that. And eventually DJ stuff and, um, yeah, man. I mean, found yeah. a way though. You found your found a path and and found a, a route that worked. You weren't just like hanging out. Like I see it a lot where it's like someone tries to give somebody a one up and then they just want to just hang out. That was it, and, right? Like, and it's oh, like, oh, no, yeah. you had some hustle in you, and you're like, well, fuck. If we're not training, I gotta do something. Yeah, I'm a I'm a be doing something. You For know sure, what I, mean? I was and, never that dude that just could sit around and just watch. Like I want to learn, man, and I wanted to see that, and you know be it giving me this opportunity to come out i'm not going to be a bum sitting there <laughs> absorbing everything and not not like putting in some kind of work you know and then it became like all right dude i'll bong master i'll make bongs and like we'll just we're going to be like get getting high all the time right which that's kind of like what was happening yeah um oh that the shows became that yeah and then there was like a little break after that where cypress went to south america and i wasn't really set in like passport and all that so they went there but then circle back to 96, that's when we started like really touring heavy. And we're talking like six to nine months out of the year, all the way until like the year 2000, 
you know so it was like european wow. tours it was just you know come back and you know we went all over the world right um and i learned a lot from that and you know while we we're back we always maintained like a house girl or something we do with homies they would take care of it while i was at home i'd take care of it and we just kind of bounced back the weed stuff like that but i always wanted to keep that job so i never had that excuse of saying i didn't have an opportunity legit and are like, you just getting weed given to you all the time on everywhere. tour? So you just seeing all that, like, you don't have to worry about it at all. Like going and buying some or trying to figure out how to get some. Yeah, it was, cr it was crazy. Cause I, you know, it was like, you'd be doing these shows and it would like, you know, a lot of these shows when you're out there and when, especially when you're doing like the, the festivals or like the shed type shows, you know, they got the grass in the background. That's the kind of shows we were, you know, yeah, the seats yeah. in the front or no seats or whatever. And you know, people would, like with Cypress, they always went crazy. There was always crowd surfing and pits and people going nuts up at the top. Right. And, you know, you'd see sod get ripped from the ground. And then all of a sudden it's like alien wars, like sod flying or cups Holy flying. Shit. It was madness, you know? And then it, it was like, there was places where it was like joints and, you know, at the end of the show, you'd go up there and there'd be like a hundred joints on stage or, <laughs> you know, 20 bags of weed that people threw up there. Hey, be real. Try my shit. So at the end of the show, you know, we'd be like, dude, yeah, all this weed. And, you know, we weren't, it wasn't like no COVID shit before where you're like, oh man, I, you know, we were trying to smoke it, but for the most part, it was all garbage. But, you know, over the years of touring, you meet those guys, right. Okay. That are like the underground growers. They don't talk to nobody, but you know, their homie got him into the show or we met them somewhere and like, yo, my boy's got weed. Like, get us into the show. We're going to bring you like a zip or something. Yep. And sometimes in, in, in some places that you would never expect, like Texas and Den even Denver at that time, it was like, weed was not, not cool, you know? And there would be these cats that would just bring us fire. And that's kind of like what we rolled on with smoke. And, you know, past, once we started like OGs and Bobos, we started bringing it a little bit more, but we still weren't really doing big rooms at that yeah. time until like i think into the 2000 early 2000s is when we really started you know uh multiple houses or house garage this that and then eventually it was you know small warehouses our first warehouse down here was i think 2002 wow we had, we had our Man, first warehouse down killer. here what so when you guys were starting the houses multiple houses and stuff were you kind of falling back from the touring aspect of that part well at it, that point yeah, it was it was, we would get the houses and do them and set them up. Like if it was my buddy's house or yeah. a house we would get, we'd put it up. Like if anywhere, anywhere I lived, I always had a setup mm -hmm. and <laughs> I just do splits with, with my boys to watch it. You know what I'm saying? They just grow it. Like we'd put the gear in and then we'd come back and we would just work it like that, you know? Um, and then that, when the money really started changing on it, that's where it, like kind of people got greedy, but you know, no one, would ever expect that you can get eight thousand dollars for a pound especially back in the, that time that's like double what you thought you, like you know what i'm saying what normal shit yeah, yeah, it yeah. was it was crazy it was like people would pay you before you were done just to make sure that they could get it you know and you know of course like that was getting you know people were taking and putting them back to east coast and whatnot and it was even more money because when we'd go to the east coast we would see weed and it'd be like 25 dollars for 0.7 you know, yep. you wouldn't even Have get faith. a, you wouldn't even get a joint. You know what I'm saying? You got to go like this bodegas and you'd get them in these little things. And that was a blunt for us. Dude, yeah. I still remember going Crippy. through Bubba packs and buying a whole pound 
and squeezing every bud <laughs> and then putting it to this and going through every single pack out of like 50 packs of OGs to try to find seeds to be like, I, I got to grow this and no one would give you cuts and no one would, yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? Like that's how Definitely. coveted it was. I would go through people's weed before anyone would get, you know, crazy. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, once the money started coming, people got a little bit weird with giving it, but uh, on a lot of us that, that would either trade strains or, you know, kind of share knowledge. That was it. We kept it in the circle. We all agreed. Look, man, like if we're going to expand or we're going to do something, we're going to do it together. And then, you know, shit just happened. You know, a lot of, a lot of people kind of, um, fell off from each other, even like lifelong friends, right. Became not friends over money, which was stupid. Right. I'm growing to tough thing. You know, yeah. I'm not saying I didn't have a part of that and all, but we, we all grew a lot because of this, yeah. right. You lose friends because of money. You know, or you, you know, you get busted and then no one wants to talk to you no more. Yeah. You know, those kind of things, you know, I mean, you know, I've had multiple home invasions, dude. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like man. 2000, uh, 2000, I think three or four, I'd had a house in the valley and home invasion. And like these dudes, the first thing they come up and say is like, yo, where can you like, like, where's the cushion, the money at? Jesus. So it's like, yo, somebody sent them to my house. You know what I mean? Yeah, Somebody someone close, that is obviously. your friend. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And then, you know, and my reaction was that oh, this dude just was drawing a gun on me, so I tried to grab it. Oh, you know. And then it was like six or seven people around me, and next thing you know, I catch you know I got pistol whip right on my head. Like my passport at that time, because they stole all my shit, I had to go get an emergency passport. My passport because I was about to go on tour in three days. Wow. And there's a cut on my forehead in my passport from the home invasion from a, a grow it wasn't even a grow i didn't they even have there it. it was my house wow okay. and I, I had a grow there before but i had pulled everything out it wasn't even active yeah you know and it was a four lighter it wasn't even worth like somebody risking their life to come into a house but rumor says that kenji had a lot of money or had had a lot of uh weed around and that they could come take it and you know anybody that knew me at that time knows that there was nothing at the house. You know, they, they got, got like a quarter pound of weed, a laptop, a camera, and I think some guns and stuff like that. You know, that's it. I feel like you know? that's usually the, the, for growers. That's the biggest thing that, that they run into more than even cops, more than is robbers is, is thieves and people that just no respect for how long, how much time and effort it takes to grow that one pound that they stole. Or of that. course it is. But then yeah. you have to worry about like, yo, is, who, who sent this person? Yep. Cause very few I don't live in that house for like a year. There was barely anybody that knew where yeah, I was. Yeah, so you find yeah. out and you're like, it's someone close always. Like it's yeah, you've, and, and the house is bro, burned. And the worst part of that story is these fuckers took my laptop and there was and, and camera and there was pictures in there of the girl. And then they tried to blackmail me to get the camera back or to get the footage oh back saying God. that they're gonna turn it into the police, you know? Wow. It's like, bro, like what what is really going on here? You just try to jack me now, you're trying to blackmail me, you know. I told them to fuck off and bust me because there wasn't nothing at the yeah, house for yeah. them to come get. We call their bluff. Yeah. But still, you know, just the fact that oh. that happens is, you know, was a part of it, you know, and I'm, you know, I ended up selling my house, getting out of there. And that's when I moved. I kind of went to Sherman Oaks after that as like an intern before we started the, the grow, uh, the, um, our grow shop down here in, in downtown in 05. And that's when I, that's when I bounced the Valley. Yeah. So. bro people that's the downside of the grow life right is that you're always watching your back yeah i mean dude no one wants to get you know home invasion or or get you know raids dude that was happening everywhere right like 
when you see your name on a warrant or your truck or Early like 2000s, my, my right? license, yeah, raids yeah. all over the place, man. So, you know, you just had to be cool. You know, I was lucky to escape most of them, you know, the actual raids, I escaped all of them, you know, but my name was on a shitload of warrants and it just happened to be the times when I wasn't in town to, to <laughs> be a part of that. Love Thank God, it. You know, wasn't for you. Yeah, someone looking over your shoulder. Yeah, yeah, basically. Angel, 100%. Yeah. So what was it like uh, getting into the first big warehouse and like things were starting to get more like full time and like, man. all right, man, this is a, like a, a new life almost. Because that's, that's, that's completely different lives. Like touring the different. world to now you're running a big, big grow in a warehouse. Like, you know, where you, it's really hard to leave. You know, if anyone running a grow in a warehouse knows it's definitely man, hard it's, to leave. So totally different lives. Well, there wasn't like, you know, you didn't have DPS panels back then or the panel. Right. So, you know, everything was like construction, right. You have to get in there and you got to go do, you know, your framing and your drywall and all that. And then the, we didn't have like AC guys that we could call or electricians or anything that was professional. It was always like, a relative or a friend of a relative or something just to get it done. Right. And I know I think at that time, the way we were cooling rooms was just um, like window units. Yeah. In exactly. the walls. Right. Like we had X amount of lights. We put X amount of tons in there. Cause you could do it units. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. We can do everything. It's a plug in, you know, and then we had to figure out how to get out the heat and stuff like that. So, you know, we, we just did think we had to make all of our tables. There wasn't tables, plastic tables. I didn't like, been prominent at that time you know if they were they were super expensive so we made everything out of like roofing pieces mm -hmm. you know um gutters and all kinds of stuff from home that. depot yeah yeah um you already know um fiberglassing plywood and stuff like that when we had to well you know same things like uh cement mixers for the reses you know <laughs> wow that's like that's what it was like wow know? and literally because i don't at one point home depot wasn't even around it was it was like we were getting shit from true value hardware Damn, and other little dude. hardware stores trying to fabricate things to to water and it was like this was never like there was drip systems but they weren't real drip systems you know bro that's like trying to build a computer from radio shack you know what i'm saying like like yeah, try, like oh uh, yeah. uh, how are we gonna try to you know it wasn't that one-stop shop like we got hell now, for no. sure it was you know you have to go all over the place you know lighting i think you had like 400 metal highlights and you know some there was a couple company with g watson i remember when the aluminum hoods came out we were we were so happy because it was like okay that can reduce some of the heat and the ac and then the uh the vented ducting or the 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 ducted hoods came out and you know we spent money on everything trying to grow better keep yeah. upgrading yeah you never had to ends. yeah yeah. Never, it never does it. No, but yeah. the weed that was a that's like the famous, in my opinion, when well, weed really looked so different was those days, like the well, vented yeah. hoods because you could drop, drop the temperature the light, yeah. and drop that light yeah, down right on, on the it, plant, yeah. and that plant just opened up. You know, I was just talking to my friend about this the other day on like how some of our the weed you grow, like with you know the DEs and everything, like you get like these super heavy buds, but it almost looks like um kind of compacts a lot more it gets so much denser right yes it does and while it gets it's good for the weight i thought i i think that it took away a lot from looks where you had big swollen calyx and everything like that you know where where you would say like the like bubba more homegrown you know? yeah more homegrown style yeah. but at, at that time also 
we paid a lot more. We were able to pay a lot more attention and time to individual plants than we are now versus with, you know, thousands of plants in a grow. And, you know, even on automation, like we we've noticed, you know, like you get fire, man, but you still got to put the time into the plant and it doesn't matter what does what. If you don't put the time into the plant, you're not getting what there's you need a, to. There's right? a threshold. Yeah, dude. And then there's also money factor, right? Like, you know, with, with the way the market is now, you know, we're, we're having to, you know, or we're watching people, you know, have the compromise on, on certain nutrients. There's cats out there that have done a lot for the game where, you know, I've been on here, jungle boys, bro. They changed a lot of the game here in LA on, on, uh, the way cult large, large scale cultivation can be done and still mm -hmm. produce, you know, good Very quality much. herb, you know, um, and there's a lot of cats that do that that aren't known at all, you know, that aren't in the um, in the spotlight at all. So, you know, but we were talking about like, you know, you could drop these lights right on top of it. And we were getting because we we're getting yields the same now pretty much as like back then. Yeah. You know, in houses with not all this extra spending that that we have to do now. You know, if you take the same size grow, it's four or five times more money yeah. to build it now versus it was back then oh back then you said you had 12 lights people are like holy shit now you say you have 12 lights people are like that's it yeah like that's 12 lights isn't even like the, that's when you say yeah. plant per time yeah you know and that's a, that's the funny thing because 12 lights still is a lot to a lot of people and yes. it is still a lot period yes it is you know what i'm saying and you know but if you're talking about trying to maintain warehouse in la that's not that's no. not doing you anything you're not going to run a, a brand no in a market you know so you know i i completely agree like 12 lights definitely is like more on the personal medicinal level of you know absolutely things, and, you know? and you can't just go crazy growing weed anymore right so definitely many not. so many people are doing what they want and like we see all these cats out there putting up these giant warehouses and they can't even sell their weed stacking up because they're all everybody's growing the same shit yep you know um and then the the saturation is different right when they got their when they did like their pnls from their investors and they got all this money they're like yeah we're gonna get three thousand yep. dollars a pound well three years later when they finally got trees in their place pounds are like a thousand bucks or 1200 or 14 or whatever it is and and they know, got the wedding cake they fino got, from two years ago that they're yeah, still trying to grow and yeah these, yeah these kind of things which is crazy because it seems like there's I don't know. A lot of these older things are coming back, but you know, it pissed a lot of investors off, mm -hmm. but there's the shit happens, man. It's two, three years. It's not building you cabinets. Know? You can't say, well, we'll just put those cabinets to the side and they'll be relevant two years from now. The style will be, still that, be the same. That's Weed it. Weed is know? evolving fast. That's it. You know, we spend years just building a name and a platform to do what we're trying to do right now. There you right? go. Right. Uh, you know, if, if I have friends that come up and say, dude, I got all this money. I want to put it into a grow. Or what do I, how do I get in the business? I'm like, don't dude, fucking run, <laughs> go buy some property and do all that shit. Because mm -hmm. the, the misconception is they're going to come in here and make quick money. some bread right away. Gold quick, mine. Easy money. Yeah. It's a gold mine. It attracts, yeah, it that, attracts that. that. It they don't understand that. nothing about the process and how long it takes cities and states to get through things and just, you know, inspections and trying to, when you're trying to do it right, how much more it really costs to do and the time that it takes. And yeah you know, all the other costs that are associated before you even have a plant in the building. Right. So, you know, we're doing it. We're in up to our, you know, we're buried into, into projects and, you know, this takes time. 
Right. You were one of the first people with a license in LA, correct? Well, yeah. Well, so social, ours is a social equity license. Mm-hmm. I think we were like number nine to file the application. Okay. And it was like the first, one of the first, if not the first medium indoor that was like active. And somehow we got lucky because it was, we were already built out. So before we turned our place that was trapped into that, right? So we went through like the years of, couple years before even LA opened up, we were already looking, we bought property in needles. I mean, we had been looking at all over the place for places to go, but LA, we couldn't afford like the pre ICO licenses were crazy. We couldn't touch it. Um, so we went to all these other cities, bought properties in needles, got some things going there because we knew we could afford it at that point. But you know, it was far, but we also play out in Havasu a lot. So we have like, you know, <laughs> like it wasn't, it wasn't bad for us to like go out there and, and, and then work. And Good excuse. Good yeah. Excuse. Right. But at the same time, it's four hours away, man. Like you can't maintain it's tough it properly. Right. Um, LA came up. So this place was running and I think it, we started our conversion of, cause we knew it was coming, but didn't know when of, you know, fire, fire safety stuff, sprinklers and this and this and this. So by the time LA actually opened up for licensing, when, we got inspected. We had already kind of, we weren't all to code, but we, they, we had shown effort. So fired, gave us a few fixes. We, we fixed that like immediately. Kind of grandfathered in. Kind of grandfathered in. Okay. Yeah. Um, as an existing place. Right. So awesome. even right now we're, we're going through all of our repermitting and zone change and everything to bring everything to code you know, get all our city license approvals, dude, you got to get CO2 permits. You got to get all this, this, and this permit. They pulled another uh, permit and, and license thing that you got to get, you know, that just came up this year. So, you know, we're always trying to like maintain what, what you need to do because we want to do this, man. Yeah. This is what we, what we do. So, you know, and we're representing a brand that, that, you know, we hope is going to be around a long time. Right. Cause it's not just, it's not just insane. We got a whole nother pretty uh, exciting project going on with Dr. Green Thumb. I don't know if you guys heard about it, but it's, you know, it's like the legacy type thing that we got going on. So um, Dr. Green Thumb's getting ready to launch the Dr. Green Thumb brand, branded product, right? And really it's about not just sourcing or white labeling products like everybody else does, but we're really working with legacy guys. And you know, there's some shit talking out there of people thinking, oh, this is just another rapper brand. And they're just, you know, they're just putting, they're just white labeling or, mm-hmm. you know, they don't, they don't care about the legacy guys. And these guys are just corporate. No, it's not that that's some bullshit. You know, what we're doing is, you know, we're contacting and going to the farms. We're talking with these guys and, you know, we're talking about most, most of these guys are, you know, pre 215. They've been doing it or they come from 215 with very good reasons and there's stories to back up what they're doing. We're not fucking with the guys that just say, I'm going to open up this thing. I got this badass facility and I grow good weed because that's not a story, man. There's mm-hmm. plenty of people doing that. Yeah. You know, it's like 20, 30 year growers. You're talking yeah, about. You got to yeah. respect the guys that have, you know, not only paved the way for the game, but also sacrifice, right? Dudes that went to jail. Yep. Dudes yeah. that lot that, that, you know, got raided and lost everything or been robbed or multiple times or, you know, there, there's thousands of stories out there that, you know, that, that we hear and, you know, 
there's going to be a story with every cultivator or, um, or grower or breeder that, that we work with in this project so that it can become, it can come to life. They're going to get the recognition that they deserve. They're going to get on shelves, you know, where it goes from there. We don't know. We hope that, you know, the stores love the product. They're going to start bringing in their own brand too. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Um, and, and the most important is, is, is being, there's, there's three levels of pricing that are going to come in, you know, so everybody is going to be able to get bomb product because no matter what, whether it becomes full sun product, mixed Mm -hmm. light or light depths or anything like that, or even indoor, there's going to be affordable product that we're vetting, you know, I'm going to the, you know, they're working with us because they, you know, obviously like B has his own like solid footing in this ground. He deserves to do what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been a proponent for this for, for years and before everybody. Fighting. And, and, yeah. and on the same way, I've been working mm-hmm. with this guy doing the shit. We've been doing this thing before it was cool. Right. So I'll go to these farms, talk with these guys, we're check it out. And they, I think it, it's, there's a comfortability level and guys that do the same shit talking about things and, and, and getting a plan together um, to get things done, you know? Um, and it's it an takes a massive team, dude, to do this. Yes. This isn't just me, man. That's yeah. what I was going to you know say. I'm saying? There is a team of people out there to make this happen. And I don't think a lot of people understand the kind of work that it takes to get it from the farm to the table, you know? Uh-huh. So there's a whole group of people that are super all about this culture and, you know, and it's kind of for the people type stuff. Could you explain the on. process of farm to table just in a quick well, synopsis? Like, kind of like, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, there's a, like I said, there's a lot of growers. There's a lot, a lot of the guys that we're talking to or a few of the guys that we're going to launch with, they've been doing this. They don't necessarily need green thumb, right? They, they've been doing this. It's a whole nother thing. But at the same time, when, when you're talking about what's going on in the industry, white labeling is becoming kind of like, it's like the thing, but it's now you're not commending the numbers that you do and the security of, 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 you know, getting rid of your product yeah. becomes way, way lower. Right. And when you know, okay, green thumbs, I have a brand, we're going to make a commitment. You know, you and I, we're going to make this, this thing happen where do these strains are fire, man. Like this shit needs to be like in bags, you know, no, you got your own, but if we can put him into this thing, give the, the, the cultivator or the, or the farm, the credit of where it is. We, it's like a real genuine collaboration and we put it and we do media behind it. We get it on our shelves. We push them, get it onto even third party store shelves, those, those kind of things to where, you know, you're supporting the farmer. They're, they're helping support us. And it's, it's, it's real collaboration, right? This isn't just like, Hey man, I'm going to find this guy that grows this weed and, and put that in the books, right? Like, or put it on the, in the, in the stores or not even that, or just go to the distro and say, uh, what's the cheap stuff and what's the expensive stuff exactly. and how old is it? And then kind of move around some packs and be like, yeah, this will, we're going to call these wedding cakes, uh, OG Kush, exactly. you know, or some crazy shit or, that's or, happening. Or what are, what, okay. So there, we can touch on that whole team thing too, of the, of the rename, man. Like mm-hmm. that's necessary in some situations, right? If you give credit to the breeders in certain situations, yeah. but like, and, and I only say that because when you get, again, when you start ad- adapting like corporate stuff going on and legalities, you can't just call it whatever you want, because if they got that trademarked, how can you use that? You know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's, 
there's real business to it. So, and how you know, do you brand out a Fino specific to you? And, uh, yeah. and you know, you want to pack a 17 o 20 OG seeds. One's insane OG. One's Bubba. One's you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's another thing too is is marketing. You want to sell your shit, no matter what it was. It doesn't matter how fire it is. If you don't have a way to connect that with people that are going to be the end users, then it's not even worth doing anymore at this point. No. You know, it's just like these people that want to come in and just buy weed and put it into the bag. Like, that's cool. That might last a couple of years. But then what? If you're not connected with these guys that are putting all the time in to do these pheno hunts or the guys that are putting all the time in to do the breeding, then you're and, and you're just going to go pick up the, the product that's at a distro. You're pretty much most likely going to be packaging the same shit that everybody else is, yeah. especially since a lot of these brands are not doing anything themselves other than putting stuff into a bag, right? No cultivations, no, no hands-on, nothing. And, you know, one of the big things, a lot of these brands, in my opinion, that, that really could help out is like, like what I see as you're able to get your strains to them to grow, right? Like you're, you're able to be like, man, this guy's a great indoor grower. Let's get him the real OG yeah. to try to grow for, you know what I'm saying? And this guy's a real outdoor grower. Let's try to get, let's lean into his strength. You know what I'm saying? And I really think that's where, when you care, like you guys do, that's where you're going to end up winning because you're actually going to talk to the grower. You're going to see where his strengths are and not just look at the end result and care less about where this, because you know, since you're a grower, you can probably help this guy out a little bit and not saying he needs it, but saying I can maybe try to get you something what you can help. Man. And, and, and honestly, I don't even try to do that. Like, okay. because we're going into some, uh, their house. Okay. Right? I'm not going right. to go tell somebody how to do something in their own house. You know, I'm going there because We've already seen the product that they do. We followed like social media and people's reactions on like what the product is, whether I know these guys are, we are, you know, usually they're coming because somebody in the crew knows them. Right. Right. So I'm going there because I just want to see how they're doing it, man, and meet them mm -hmm. and have a relationship with them. Right. So we could be like, dude, this shit's all fire, this or that. And, you know, they're asking us like, what kind of, what are you looking for? You know, are you looking gas or flavors or this? And then that way it, it doesn't have to feel because you're in touch. You I'm have, in touch, but I know what you, they want. Right. Like, yeah. or I'm not that I know what it's they want, but collaboration. Like, we share the same ideologies and, 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 and wants and, and to be in the game. Right. Like I love to look at plants. <laughs> I love to be there. That's my Zen zone. Right. That's, yep. that's my shit. So when I can go into, you know, and, and I've always been indoor and that's it. Or, you know, I, I I've never had my own greenhouses or mixed lights. So when I'm going into these things, you know, shit that I, I thought it was like, I'm going in there. I'm like, fuck man, these things are crazy. These guys are fucking killing it, you know? And to me, that's inspiring yeah. and impressive, right? Like what the sun has done and what, you know, what these guys are doing, like in the middle of in nowhere, yeah, you know, and, and the quality that they're producing and their cycles and their methods, like I'm learning when I go there, I'm not trying to tell no one shit. Yeah. You know? Okay. So, and you know, like I hate the term master grower, man. I can't stand that shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And like, somehow like I've been associated like, Oh, master guy. Yo, dude, like, please don't call me that, man. Yeah. I do not like that shit. Cause I feel like every time I go into one of these gardens, learning. whether it's here or over there or whatever, like I'm learning, there might be some places that I'm like, Oh shit. Like, I don't, you know, 
Yeah. But even that you learn. Yeah. Learn what not to do. What not to do. Yes. But it's more learning like new ways and methods and, and things that I didn't understand a little bit more like solidified when I can sit there and actually have a conversation, grow it or grow it. And it's not brand to brand. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Or not a competitor. Cause I don't look at anybody as competition in this. I have to look at them as like brothers in, in arms, right? Like we're yeah. all out here trying to survive this crazy shit that's going on yep. with corporations taking over shit, right? Large 100%. scale grows like in a couple of years, bro. Like if you're not going and you're not an active brand and you don't have following and you don't have shelf space, it is going to be impossible to activate in the state or anywhere probably. Yeah. Cause how can you compete yeah. with these guys that got these million square foot grows or a yeah. hundred thousand square foot or you'll never be able to compare the price. Exactly. You know, at that point it better be a special product, right? Or something that defines you differently. And you know, it's not going to be like, Oh, I can just get this next celebrity to promote my shit. That that's not going to work. That's not going to work. What you do know? you, what do you think defines someone differently? Um, in the space, I don't, you know, new product innovation, man. Like, you know, um, consistency mm, more than anything. Tough right? one. Tough one. Let's talk Major, about that, right? Because, consistency because, because we talk about more than strain now. We talk about batch. Yep. How's the batch? Is it a good batch? Because it comes down to it. You know what I mean? And it's like strains are obviously being produced in different facilities as well. Yep. Different rooms. Yep. So it comes down to all these different factors. Well, you know, I think, you know, as growers, we all know, like, you have good ones and bad ones. You're a baseball player. Are you going to hit a grand slam every time you get up and bat? Right. Like, that's, you know, now we hope to have a little bit more consistency for, like, the recognition and and especially with social media now, right? You have one bad crop or something slips by, which, dude, it's you're dealing with equipment, which fails, and you're dealing with an organic substance that that has problems it's a living plant you know and it's a living plant you're gonna have like this or that like we fought every single bug there is in the world and every single problem there is that you can have inside of a grow and there's been great crops and bad crops i mean there's whole crops where we kill it in week five because we already know what's going to happen or it comes through and it'll never see an insane bag because it's not that yeah every grower deals with that everybody every does one. and there's so many people that talk shit like it doesn't happen we're yeah. quick to dog you because like somebody finds like pm or something on it which like it sucks right you no one wants to see that yes but it is a fact that that happens yes whether growers want to talk to it or not you know what i'm saying there's a lot of high profile people out there everybody has fucking problems man yeah you know? and there's usually it's about just you can selectively show that shit on camera <laughs> or yeah. not or just yeah. show the good shit yeah. yeah or the just the good batches go in the bags or, or just the yeah and and he, you know? uh, he it, it's like you see it from different angles right just like he said you see batch to batch and you see grow to grow because you can even tell sometimes this ain't from the same grow as the other batch you know but but that's just the game and i feel like <laughs> how hard it's been on growers to get a consistent place to rent how hard it is for growers to get a consistent not get robbed you know people don't see the behind the scenes they say like what happened we haven't seen his product in about six months it's like well yeah he got robbed and tied up and put in the closet yeah he's rebuilding his grow yeah and a lot of us guys that have been doing that for years we kind of know what comes with it right mm-hmm. we kind of have to move with all the crap and especially some of us that have shifted from you know the traditional market into this now 
whatever they want to call legal market market, is the rec market which figuring out phase i feel like that in in a lot of cases killed quality yep on a big time yeah um it 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 killed people out of the game it wiped their whole entire life savings out you know what i'm saying talk about killing the quality what do you think was the reason for that trying to do too much and not having enough not spending enough time with the trees right or like trying to cut corners for costs you know savings or making more money i think that's probably the nutrient costs well nutrient costs all that kind of stuff right and then definitely testing and taking about a month and a half to be able to get product to people on the shelf that's another thing right like okay so then you know you start talking about the the batch dates right like dude if if you're growing right you harvest and say let's just say it takes two weeks Mm -hmm. right depending on what day you send out for testing and get your result back right for us we always r&d before we send out for coa so that's always a few days so depending on what day it is monday tuesday wednesday we'll get our test results back but if we send out wednesday thursday or friday we're not getting it back to the next day which means we now now we're like over a week after Mm -hmm. we harvest it or after it's dried and trimmed before we even can so creeping into week three week four yeah after it's dried Mm -hmm. then you got a package yep so call another week or week and a half you're right you're let's just say a month yeah then it's at like whether or not it's at the distro where the final destination is or not then it's got to be shipped to the store dude we've had stores call us trying to return weed that's been sitting on their shelf for nine months because it got covered up in the back of a safe there you go they don't put it out yeah literally you know what i'm saying or oh we'll just send it out well dude like you can't sell that now because now you're putting art like it's now looking like we're trying to sell nine month old product. You'll get hit up two months because they didn't they didn't want it to compete with something that was already on the shelves or, or their or, own brand. Ah, <laughs> you know, now we start to talk. Yes. So there's been those situations, right? Mm-hmm. Let's use these guys in the media and then we're not going to sell their shit. We're going to sell our shit because we're growing. Wow. It. You know what I mean? And and and. That's just a fact. And, you know, I get it, man. It's business shit, whatever. But like, is it right? No. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's your store. I'm not going to say shit, but don't sell product. That's like a nine months old for 55 bucks or 60 bucks, man. Like at least put it, the product most of the time is still good. I'm saying, but that date says it's old. Right. But like, at least give somebody a a discount on that shit. Yeah. You have to, you know, we set tiers like Mm -hmm. past three months, it drops past six months. Pull that shit. Yeah, and you don't and even sell it, man. The shop alone, you know what I'm saying? You're able to promo at that point because shops, Something. some shops won't even take it if yeah. it's over three months, or if it's over three months, they want a discount. Yeah, because it's that new freshness thing, right? Because that's just the package date. What about the date that actually shit was really done, harvested? Yeah, because yeah. you know, um, and again, you cure it right, you do it. You got a lot more time than what they they say. You know what I mean? But you know, it's just like if you get into Indica Sativa debate, dude, like, you know, or like now with some stores, yo, if it's not 30%, it's not top shelf. What do you mean, man? I know plenty of shit. That's teens or twenties. That'll destroy you. You or, know what or I'm saying? Like, we're only buying sativas right now or that. Yeah. You're like, well, what do you even, what are you talking about? What, what is that? I mean, you know? yeah, yeah, most stuff's a hybrid sativa or a hybrid Indica. So, you know, we could get nitpicky. I, you know, it's crazy. They don't know what they're actually even asking for, to be honest. They don't know. Um, you know, shop owners, like you try to give um, some people like 
them samples to give to the employees that like it and you, employees can't get the samples. So how do you, you know, the, the bud tenders are the ones who are actually selling your product in most cases, right? Very little percentage of people go into a store knowing exactly what they want. A lot of people are going to go and what do you suggest? What's your strongest stuff? Oh, what's the 30% plus? And it's just, yeah. it's, I think it's a lot of misinformation that are given to the bud tenders and the things are, you know, or that kind of stuff that's not allowing the knowledge of what is good or bad. And you can't even really say what's good or bad because everybody's going to find what they like, you know, but they need to be able to try it. And especially this, this is fire, bro. Which one was that? This the, is, the I rolled up the, oh, yeah. the Hindu funk. This is gassy. This is burning great. I'm, I mean, this is phenomenal, dude. It's got, it got me in a chokehold. Like this is oh, really yeah. good. That's become one of really our, crazy our favorites. classic smell on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you when guys, we first got that, I was happy, man. Was, that's dope. <laughs> that's like a blast from the past. It is. Uh, the, the project back to the project you guys were talking about, yeah. um, do you guys got a name for it? Well, it's really interesting it's the, concept. It's, it's the Dr. Mm -hmm. Green Thumb brand, but it's more about the, the, the legacy. legacy. And I know people are pushing that. Right. And it's kind of like, if it's a very like touchy subject, what, what is legacy? Right. Right. And who, yeah. And who, who's legacy, right? Legacy because OGs. And why does it have to be legacy and not just good product? Mm. Right. These are things that like people have said to me right. and like I've read in comments and, and everything else. And there's a lot of good product out there, man, mm -hmm. you know, but a lot of these other guys that could have like, okay, they've never put in anything into the game. They have money. They're able to sit They hired somebody that does that needed some money that did, does good at growing or whatever. And they, they produce a fire product, or whatever, but yo, man, you didn't, you you didn't earn that shit. All you did is spend some money and you fucked this dude on paying him what he's worth. You know, so now you got a pissed off grower and and or or cultivator or a dude that's like, you know, spent years to learn that craft and now you're taking all the money and this guy is barely surviving. Like, you know, yeah. so I I I think, you know, it's more about that. It's the time. I Legacy think. is resume. Then getting I, a little I, more shot. It's kind of resume, man. To, to me, resume. honestly, it's like, you know, the guys. I want to say it's always the guys that have like, or not, I can't say guys, people, mm -hmm. guys, women, guys, whatever, but that have put that time in like before it was cool or before it was like necessarily legal, because those are the things that kind of made everybody else want to do it. Right. When, when weed was kind of taboo and no one wanted to talk about it, no one wanted to do it because they might get in trouble. There was these people that went and put their ass on the line yeah, to grow it and do it. And pave the way for it and to be normalized. And pave the way, the methods. Yeah. The way, the reason that nutrient companies be, made millions, if not billions of fucking dollars, because now they have, you know, this grower talking about it and they have this person talking about it and this friend is growing it. So now it's just like, it goes down the chain, right? Everybody wants to do it. This is the same thing, like the Valley recipes and those kind of the recipes that were like, given to people to grow and they could take that recipe they could take that you know th those sops and then they can go into a, a facility that's ready to go and you could do a great job mm -hmm. right like you're always going to learn your facility but right you don't have to spend the couple years of learning okay well that was a bad mix i i just killed this crop or like it was it was like low yield or you know the difference between what you're doing to get a pound of light versus 
three pounds of light or something like that or whatever it is, you know, there was no sacrifice. There's just do, you know, and then there's people that came because I'm like, I'm, I'm 48, man. So I'm old, old, I'm on the older side of like that first generation of like the OGs, right? Like we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're that particular age group, right? But then Prop 215 came, right? And then people were growing and selling to shops under the medical, you know, reasons and whatnot. So now you're talking about a whole different generation than me. I can't say that you're not legacy because like you're not past like a certain point right Still a part but of it. putting in time on something that was you know a big part of where california market became popular right now you got dispensaries places you could walk into and and buy a sack of weed you know what i'm saying or more even then you had like deli style mm-hmm. where you know you can actually see your weed pick your bud this that and like make me this this that that you know what i mean and uh, sunday <laughs> it's not like that anymore yeah no. you know it it did lose that which was like one of our i think one of the weed yeah, community's I mean, favorite parts about it yeah. the, that you know you come down venice you see you see <laughs> this you get the that's you know that would that came later on but yeah it's it's definitely different and prop 215 shops were like you know we remember taking dabs you know plenty of hot dabs definitely taking <laughs> in shops yeah yeah uh, and then pressing pressing the flour into fresh rosin right there being yeah. able to dab it right there um and fucking leave just like whoo, even being able to know, just, just smoke at shops being able to go and off and melrose and, and roll kinda, one up you still had to kind of keep it moving yeah but that's what we're missing over here it was what do you feel about consumption lounges oh. and you know what's your camp kind of feel about that i mean because i got you know well, a lot right we have yeah. one. Um, the Cathedral City uh, place has a, a consumption lounge, and that was work, right? Because for us, consumption lounge is a name. We always thought of it as like coffee spot, like 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 Amsterdam, right? We always wanted Amsterdam. Go buy weed. Yeah. Go sit on a table, smoke that shit, bullshit with your homies, and then be able to like get some coffee or juice or snacks or anything, and just you could just sit there all day, get high, and and bullshit. Oh, it's kind of hard out here, right? And then <clears throat> we started building the one in Cathedral City um, when the city approved it, but then COVID hit. So literally like a week before we were supposed to open the dispensary and the lounge, they shut the city down. Oh, wow. A week. And it was like after three years of, of trying to get to that point, right? <clears throat> so... <clears throat> We never got to develop it like how we wanted to de- say develop it, right? Like it's got ready for a kitchen, so it could do food, it could do all that, but COVID's still weird. So we keep it open, let people smoke. A lot of the people that go there are people within the industry that can't smoke at their facilities. So, but they can go They're there. work. Yeah. And like there. places will rent that just to have meetings mm-hmm. because they can smoke. There's TVs there. There's a bar. They could bring in food, catering, whatever. Yep. And it's safe. And the shop out there is super dope. Thank you, bro. Yeah, I've been. I've, I used to work out there, so I've been to your lounge and the the shop out there, and both of them don't. It's unlike any other shops out there. It's unlike any other lounges out there. It's very upscale. Yeah, you know. I think that was the thing is we wanted to feel. Um, we didn't want that traditional, like, out of trap type dispensary where it felt like where you got to have the doors to walk through because originally we were going to do that design, then we wanted to make it open concept mm-hmm. because you got to kind of build things for the community, man. You know what I'm saying? And 
a lot of elderly people out there, they don't want to have to walk up some some crazy dude and like talk through a bulletproof glass and <laughs> no. you know what I'm saying and yeah. go through some strip search Definitely or some not. shit. You know what I'm saying to get <laughs> into a damn dispensary, man. They they want to walk in and it's like, you know, that place is crazy, man. There's brand, there's strains like everything everywhere. Everything is nicely laid out. People will explain, you know. So I think those those are the kind of things that like people like. Is it you know not overdone, but it's it's super nice and not like any place like you said over there, right? Yeah, it doesn't necessarily need to be like that, but you like to have nice stuff. A lot of people want to feel comfortable, especially ones that are new to this space. Yeah, they don't want to see the old day trap spot where it's the jars. They want to know the brand. They want to trust the brand. Or they want to be suggested what brand that has good quality and consistency because once they like it, they want to go back and get it. Yeah. And you guys, you guys carry plants too, like the shop down in the valley. I mean, you got a dope, like you guys carry plants. It's a massive shop. Double doors open up when you walk in. Like, I mean, it's futuristic. It's like, you know, you walk in and every case has it showcases a different brand. Like, I mean, you can it's one of the largest menus of any place I've ever been to like not hands down. Yeah. You know? you, I mean, that's the thing too, right? Is people like the selection. Sometimes it can get too crazy. When we first went, there was like, I don't even know how many brands, but it's oh. almost like when it's too, when that menu's too big and you're starving, but you, there's so much food on there. You don't know what to I can yeah. spend a half an hour trying to figure out what to eat. It's like that, you know? Um, but it is like a candy store for us, right? It like, is. You get to choose the brands and people you want to work with, get them on the shelves. Now you get the choices of products and like a place like that, they do real well in like smalls, joints, pre-rolls, all that kind of stuff. That's the community. They like the convenience. Yep. Some people don't even like the roll weed. They don't even know how they don't, they look at a bag of weed and they're like, dude, what am I supposed to do with this? I can't tell you how many people don't know how to roll weed. It's crazy. What, Half um, the people that worked with us that were literally working yeah. in grows for a living, we would joke around like, yo, roll something up. Pack a pack odds would be like, roll yeah. something up. And they'd be like, I, I don't, know. I don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, what? Yeah. And then he'd he'd proceed to make them. That's like the new thing. Like, okay, you're gonna sit here for four and a half hours yeah, and learn how to roll a joint. That's smoke. how it was with those tips, right? Like when the <laughs> in the beginning, we put like a QR code on the box yeah. so you can go in there and it goes right to like the how to roll video. Oh, oh nice dope. right that was back in the days into where we had to put it in like you know you had to use like tobacco on the yeah. video because it's yeah. on like youtube or something but i mean you know you look at this glass tip product dude we've had this since like seven 2007 Crazy. or something like, i remember I before mean, anybody had funky these field things. tips man yeah, funky field tips bro like yes i remember know, in orlando you gifted yes. me some yeah, no they kind of changed and years ago. And I'm not saying it came in like the three and like it had, you know, the, the it three like pack, a little yeah. mini yeah. Altoid case yeah. almost, you know. So so now it's that, you know, it's grown. OK, you can work with collaborations like you see. These ones are there's no lip or they're not flat. Right. These ones they're are straight. meant for like the guys. That, oh, you can use the rolling machine now because now it's it's smooth. Right. Yep. Um, Or they're bullets. You can get them all the way in without having that. So. You know, or that there's all the custom lines now, you know, from where you you can do, you know, a gram joint to, oh man, they have a 25 mil that you can roll an ounce in. Wow. You know, depending on what you want. You know? I've seen Jerry Krasicki oh, yeah. roll so, yeah. like pound joints with funky field tips that are the size of like, I mean, a baseball, like how you would hold a baseball bat, oh, yeah. you know, crazy. It's super cool. Yeah. Innovators in the space were smoking for sure. 
Yeah, we, I mean, we've been doing those kind of things, trying to make like how to get higher for years, right? Like, oh, this tip isn't big enough. Well, we're gonna wrap a bunch of shit till we get the <laughs> diameter where we could fit an ounce in there. Yeah, you know, there was points where we were making bongs out of water bottle. We take that water bottle, cut the bottom, and stack them up. And you're talking about since the days before glass on glass, mm-hmm. like graphics, where there's like the metal, the metal ones. Like you know, we would do things like that just because we're like fuck that man we're trying to take the biggest bong load we could before you know uh like cypress came out we had the excalibur have you guys seen that bung yes i i have be real used to bring it out on stage and he would like once in a while let someone smoke out of it correct so like the first the first one is eight footer straight tube glass yeah all glass high end like like jerome baker style bong yeah Yeah, this the first one it was like it was almost like graphic style glass tube okay right and, you know, it's big enough to where, Eight you know, Fobo would hit that. He'd be standing on us, like on something, get up there, hit it and B would light it or I light it for him or whatever. And it's like, that's, that's an eight foot hit. You know what I'm saying? And this is like while he's got to go back and get on percussion or, <laughs> you know, eventually B would hit it and keep on rapping after he just took a hit out of the eight foot bong. You know, there's not a lot of people that could. Straight up. Dude, he would kind of milk shit. it all. Straight there's videos. If you go on YouTube and type in videos, there's videos of B-Rail and people in the band literally milking an eight-foot bong and then clearing it. Blowing. I mean, like, shit where you're like, what? And then it got bigger, did it not? Well, it got. So then after the eight-foot one, because we couldn't find a road case for it, it became. <laughs> <laughs> trying to bring it in. No, <laughs> no, that's the road case for the bong. No, I mean, it's eight fucking feet, man. Yeah. Like, what the fuck do you do with that and not break it, right? Uh, Roar made one in a road case. And Hell it wasn't yeah. as high. It ended up being like six and a half feet, but it would actually be, it was like four pieces that fit together with these lock. It, each, it's so the way it was machined. It had like O-rings in between each joint and then it had a clamp on it. So like, it was one of the things where we brought that on tour. It was like this little, it was smaller than this. You bring it, throw it on the bottom of a bus, and you know, right before the show, I'd build it. When the song came out, walk it out. They hit it, and then walk it back out, and you know, people would want to be hitting it on the side, dude. We put so many people out, you know. Uh, I mean, you know, no one, no one's used to hitting something like that, and it was also like the bigger tubes, and it takes a gram to fill that chamber. So when you're taking that bong hit, you were smoking a gram at one time. Yeah, Most people one, can't handle that. In one huge, and it's a blast. Yeah. yeah. Just, oh, it's central to the hospital with panic attacks. Yeah, yeah for sure. I bet. For sure. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah. People falling out. <laughs> thanks, be real. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I was like, what was oh, in soul that? What, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, yeah. Where'd Damn. you get that? Of OG, too. You know what, what I'm saying? Oh, what uh what tips or what advice do you have anybody that's got a brand out there that is looking to get in on the shelf of a shop? You guys having so many shops and being really being in the game. I mean, really, I think a lot of it comes by word of mouth and people asking about the product relationships, right? right? You can't don't try to get into a brand if you're not going to be 150 percent about it. You know, if you're not willing to put your face out there and promote it and do the shit nonstop quit because that's what you need to do period you know it can't sugarcoat that shit Mm. you know what i'm saying if you want to go you got to work with the dispensaries get your ass in there and promote the fuck out of your brand and your product and you know hopefully your product is 
your product because going and just like labeling shit up and trying to hype it that that that's not the easiest there's a lot of it going down but you know i think i think at the end of the day I, you know again it's 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 contacts you know um and it's the grind if you don't have the willingness to grind you, you, this business is definitely not for you because it's not it's nothing going to be instantaneous you know everything that we're doing now is you know years of work right like dispensary started eight, 2018 the first one right and we we talked about it for years before but you know we've you know dr green thumb brands that's 1998 you know so there's years to go to build a, the brand and the recognition and then products are easier to introduce, you know, but as this market mm -hmm. gets crazier, it's, it's harder. Like we're, we're yeah. having to figure out on the go. Yep. Everybody, there's no like formula every, for it. Everybody anymore. is right yep. now. You know, there's a met, there's a formula to the, and a method to get things to say market, but for those things to stay, you have to be in, in, in people's eyes. You have to be ready to give away a lot of product, man. Like, you know, um, Host events, things like that, so that you can make sure that if I give you a product, you're gonna go share that with your buddy, mm -hmm. and you got your buddy is gonna go share it with theirs, or things that are gonna sit and people are, are on the table, and people are gonna be like, "What's that?" You know, there has to be a way to catch attention, and you know, and to a good product because if it's all this attention and the product is crap, people are gonna they're try it once, but that's not being a brand. You want a brand, you want that person to come back and ask for that product and the next product and the next product and be a fan and kind of almost you have to build like a cult following for that because it's not just about that. What are you going to do for all these other people? Mm. You know, the next layer. What's the next what's the next layer and the next step mm -hmm. into holding people's attention into what you're doing? Right. For us, like we've been spread out for so long i mean there's so much shit there's cypress hill there's be real as himself you know multiple different bands that he's played with platforms multiple platforms that are started and active and running and yeah. have been for over a decade yep or yeah. a couple decades in some some cases right multiple dispensaries you know and this isn't some new dude or some dude that's new to the game no this is somebody that's been in the game as an icon of that Decades. and an icon in, in music. I don't say that because he's my partner or my friend. I say that because that's facts. That's fact. And that's the whole crew. People you need know? to know that. That's the whole crew. It takes a team. It's the people behind him just like you who've that's been it, doing right? it too the same. So, so going through all this, it was like only a couple of us at a time. And there becomes this point where you're like, as a person, you're maxed out. Mm -hmm. You got this. We life. Got music life. And you got family life. And then you have your everything else. Like. There's only so many hours in a day. And then you have to consider abilities. Like I've taken a lot of, I had to take, remove ego out of anything. Skills and all that, yeah, that helps produce a good product, but that doesn't mean people are going to buy it. That's why there's a team that was put into play that everybody's executing certain shit mm -hmm. that they know and they're good at. Because we all talk on a daily. We all communicate. And we all tell each other when we like shit and especially when we don't like it. Because if you don't do that and you're not like, if you're not, you know, 
able to communicate properly with their team, you're never going to have nothing straight because everything that you do, if somebody doesn't like it, there's always going to be resistance. There's always going to be something that turns into a way bigger problem down the line than is if you just tackle it right away. And sometimes that's fucked up. Sometimes we don't like that shit. I don't like it. They don't like it, whatever it is. And, you know, there's, you know, there's, again, ego. There's, you know, knowledge that you think you may or may not have. You know, for me, dude, I never got on cameras and did this kind of shit. But I have to do this kind of stuff because I am confident about my brand Mm -hmm. and our brand. And I'm confident that, you know, we can do that. We are going to do some very cool shit in the future. You know, and it's not going to be just about making money or anything else like that. It's about continuing this culture that we all built. Mm -hmm. Innovation. And innovate shit and create like, dude, like be real entertainer and this. There's got to be entertainment to this. Mm -hmm. There's got to be merchandise to this. You know, there's got to be what you give back to the community that lets you do these things within their their areas. You know what I mean? So. That's like a thing to even get licenses now, right? Like, what are you going to do for this city? Yep. You can't be thinking about what you're going to do. <clears throat> They're looking at what did you do? Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to hear the bullshit. You know, so. And, and it's not like we would just do that anyway. We've been doing shit like that. But now you kind of have to make it on a way bigger scale. Let people see it. Let people feel what you do. Yep. You know. Claim your and, and history also, and, and take the criticisms to heart. You know what I'm saying? And if people don't like it, you got to ask them instead of getting pissed off, why don't you like it? Or what can we do to change or to like, yeah, to bring you back to us to build you know? off it? Yeah. Too you, many people go to fight mode immediately. What like if because you didn't that's give it instinct. a 10, yeah, yeah, that's instinct Survival. to do it on the street mm. and even in human nature, right? But if you're trying to connect to people and build this community that's right now, like a lot of people are interested in it. You know, a lot of people are about it and have been doing it, but to really build something, you gotta, you gotta have something that connects everybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It has to be that way. Yeah. People have to be able to communicate and work together to survive what's, what's happening right now. Cause a lot of people don't see what's really happening. You know, there's a lot of hopes you know, <laughs> there's a whole lot of hopes, man. You know what I'm saying? Man, but, man, what do you think uh-huh. about the hope? It's a, it's a rough, it's the industry's in a, in a crazy place right now. And we're right before federal legalization happens here in the next five or so years. So yeah, it's, it's a crazy phase right now. That's it's for right sure. there, bro. Like, yeah, we might see in the next presidency. Who knows? Yeah. So that's, I think it could pop up just out of nowhere and just be a thing like, boom. You know, but it's got to be close and you see Apple and Amazon and all these big tech companies going for it now. And that's when you kind of know, like Amazon. Yeah. Okay, cool. You know, because now we're going to have to get into certain restrictions and legalities. Right. Do we really want all this shit like on us? Because the thing is, with that comes the elimination of a lot of people. 90 percent, 95 percent. And it's fucked up to say, but it's the truth because quality out the window. Yeah, because expenses go up, so it mm-hmm. becomes instantaneously out of reach of some people. Mm-hmm. Some people just don't have the capability to operate like that and be told what to do and what you can do. They just want to do their own shit, you know. And then, and then it's just the time, 
like big companies, they can afford to lose money for years. Yeah. They can also we afford can. to go after yeah. the people in yeah. black market. People say, well, fuck it all. Just be black market. But then you're like, yeah, but the evolution of that is them now starting to pass laws where they change the electric laws. They change the laws around hydro stores and having to have a license to buy the products at the store. Right. Think about having to come into like where, where how you buy explosives, right? For, for like, if you have a mining business, you have to have a certain certificate or license to say, I'm the guy who's able to actually handle this they're they could do that to grow shops at some point if they wanted to go there we're like okay where's all this you know where's this is about a hundred lights worth of stuff where's it going mm-hmm. i mean you know that they're but that's the new part of the industry right that's what look what, what probably happened with alcohol back in the days this is a new prohibition it's interesting Ooh, yeah right you can almost say that yeah it's like, like a new yeah, age, right it's because like new age though. a lot of those companies now were walking like the way we were yes and they just had the influence and the ability to transition, mm-hmm. you know, and we have to look at it the same way. Yeah. Pivot and pivot. And that's only going to be because of guys that are willing to make that move and put the time in and they have the, the resources to be able to do that and the team. And you sacrificing, bro, you sacrificing all the heartache of not just being able to grow, not just being able to do that, having to get on these meetings and hear this stuff and being like, I have to do what? I have to weigh the wet material after I pull leaves in a, you know, it was just crazy shit that you're like, what now? Dude, we we, like, I don't know. It was like last week or something. We, you know, we got some letter or some email and it was like from the water board or something saying that like, we're not in. Um, compliance anymore because of some wastewater not wait it wasn't even like wastewater it was like some other permit 185 dollar permit fee that just came up <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even fucking know about this man like i'm out of compliance i you know we handled it right away but yeah that's how fast things change it's like you know i think they sent it in january and we got out of compliance in march you know yeah crazy bro so like you have to follow all these things you know we We've hired full-time compliance people just to deal with that. You have to when you get to this size. Yeah. Dude, you know, between all the shit, we can't do that and do this and do that. Even though we all want to be involved in what we do, like, you can, you can only spend so much time doing one thing if you're going to do it good. That's why you most know? growers say, like, man, I was a grower until I went legal and then I got pulled out of the grow. And now I'm, I can barely get back in the grow if I wanted to because of the amount of shit that they have to deal with outside of the grow you know yeah yeah i mean i i I know a ton and i I feel so bad for people that are losing their space because they can't compete in the market anymore right the price drops so low that after everything yeah they're lucky if they even stay like they're lucky if they're even negative i mean some of these dudes just are like out of business and they'll just lose everything yep and it's like you know we see it we're you know thank god we're like in it to where we can make those adjustments and we're good at what we do in those respective avenues so we can figure out other ways to to make it work man but like not yeah. everybody has that ability or somebody they can call for like dude if i if i have a problem i have no problems calling one of the homies and asking like yo dude what the fuck is like how do i fix this problem because that mm-hmm. shit if you don't ask those kind of questions and you don't have somebody that you can actually hit up and do that dude that's you're ready to fail man yeah you know what I'm saying? An electrician, a plumber, whatever it is. Even like, call. yo, man, I yeah, got something. Yeah. What the fuck's wrong with homie. this plant? Yeah. yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? Because now, like, there's clones. The way genetics are, people in and out of these buildings bringing all kind of shit into them. And, like, you could take every precaution, you know? But shit still fucking is going to happen. You know what I mean? Would you say that be, your your ability to pivot quickly in, is because you're OG in the game, like a legacy farmer, we'll call it? Because when you when you have legacy, you know, the game that you're in, like the back of your hand. So you're able to see trends and things and say, okay, in three months from now, I need to be doing something different or this isn't selling. This strain isn't going to do what it did three years ago. You know, I think the only thing that, um, gives us an advantage is experience. You know what I'm saying? Cause you can't ever say you've been through it all because some other new shit can always happen, but we've been through a ton of stuff. The people close to us have been through a ton of stuff and we all learn from each other constantly, right? And when I say we, and the important thing about communication and not having the either ego or the pride, like not to ask questions, that is what kills everybody because, you know, there's, there could be a simple explanation that fixes a friendship that is like where people ignore each other for a decade. And it could have been one conversation that fixed that or one conversation where, you know, that person that you didn't talk to could have fucking helped you with your problem, man. Had one conversation been had, you know what I'm saying? So yes. that's, that's where it gets, you know, up to the individuals that are, 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 are doing all this, you know, me and B, we work together. I don't do shit without asking him because he, it's his name, his face on the brand. You know, we've been working together for years. He knows he could trust me with every aspect of his life. Right. And every one of my friends knows the same way. It's not just like this. It's yeah. mm-hmm. that's how I operate, you know, because I got to go home, sleep. I got a conscious man, mm-hmm. you know, I have a family. So like, I don't, I'm not influenced or like trying to do all this other shit. It's like, it's this and it's that. That's it. I don't have like middle grounds, you know what I'm saying? I have a, I'm a hot or cold person. I don't have middle ground. Right. So, I've had to learn to not get pissed off when I hear something I don't want to hear, you know, or where like, fuck, I'm wrong. Sorry, dude. Like my bad. You know, yeah, I can say yeah, that yeah. now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, Instead yeah. of just being like, oh man, fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck what he thinks. Yeah. You know what I'm Evolving. saying? Because dude, you might always need that guy. That guy might need you for something down the line. You know what I'm saying? You let some stupid shit happen, bro. Like, so many people have fucked up big, big things. You know what I mean? It's real Mm -hmm. hard to find solid people. And when you do, you can't let small shit stop that, you know, because because, shit's going to happen all the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like crazy shit happens. Yeah, man. Because there's like, uh, man, I almost say there's more haters and like people thinking bad shit than there is like ones that want to support you. It's, it's definitely Mm -hmm. hard to navigate these, these days. Like what's what, you know yeah man but all all you can do is you yeah in, in reality you know what i'm saying like people you know they're gonna support you or they're not gonna support you what are you gonna do how does that change what what you are or what you do yeah exactly you know what i'm saying you still gotta wake up every day you still gotta feed yourself you still need a roof over your head you know what i mean and, and maybe do be, be able to provide for others so you can't be worried about what the next guy's doing if you are you're stuck just being a clone yeah. Of that person. That time needs to be like, spent innovating. Just do you, man. Yeah, yeah doing that's you. Yeah. That's what's that's what's gonna keep people going because if everybody listened to the like, dude, you can't do that, or that's yeah. that's not gonna work, what would be done in this world? Nothing. Zero. Zero. 
Yep. You know what I'm saying? So, and especially now in this game, okay, we grow weed. Cool. What now? You know, packaging has changed. Media has changed for it. People that were never wanted to be in front of cameras are now like doing shit because they have to. <laughs> yep. You know, and there's yeah. a lot of people that like just want to be on camera and they're cool with it. Like just that because they have a influence, they can do certain things. And meanwhile, there's people that are talented that like don't even have a following. They're never even on Instagram or any of these other platforms to, because they don't care about all this. They just want to keep on doing good product or doing, you know, changing what they do, you know? Yeah. So I think I we, know. I think we've all resisted change and it's just like, it's just, just digital age. That's yeah. the change. You know what I'm saying? And like, it's an age thing for sure. But I, I think that, uh, especially for cannabis people, it's been a hard change because yeah. we haven't had anything working in our favor from the bans, from social media, the censorship, um, the whole reason we're building out a website and, and a whole back end on all the stuff we really want to do because we know it's going to get flagged. It's going to get taken down. It's going to get censored. It's going to get, because we're learn. still there. We're still dealing with that now, even, sure. even in 2022, which is crazy to think that, you know, it, we'd still do like, even like what you guys are doing, we still do it all the time. Like there's a daily conversations on, did this post get flagged or this or that? Like how we used to do music. Yeah. Bro, we're like, we're thousands of episodes in of what we did. Like Green Thumb Show, I think is like damn near 500 episodes. And that's just the Crazy. podcast version of it, right? Wow. Crazy. Like I'm just saying like Smokebox is probably 300 episodes deep or something like that. We've been doing that since 2012 or something, you know? So Such like, an innovative show, the smoke box. I love the concept, yeah, bro. It, love Absolutely box. love I mean, the concept. You Big know, that's fans. that's one of those things where it's like with the smoke box, you know, when you can have that one on one, it's not just like normal interview, right? You got somebody that's like gets interviewed for a job all the time. He's getting interviewed, you know what I mean? And it's, I think it's again, it's a trust factor. Yeah. Artists and people that are doing things able to talk to this guy that's been doing it, done it sold millions of records but <laughs> yeah. and in reality is not a dick he's like one of the friendliest dudes right so the and he knows how to lead a conversation and make people feel comfortable so then you know here you are you're sitting being able to just chop it up smoke weed while you're sitting in a fucking lowrider man <laughs> Dude, Dude, that's fucking very dope, so right? dope very dope but but when it comes to this thing like we we you know we went through at one point i think on be real tv we had like 21 shows or 22 shows on the network Wow. So oh, like every wow. single day, Monday through Friday, there was probably, I would say at the lowest point, like three shows to like up to like four shows or five shows a day. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's right. A lot so of we work. would change sets kind of, and then we went to green screen. So then we could have the, the DJ part and when we just do the backgrounds and you know, we, we, you know, we used to have hard sets, but that got crazy to sit there and do actual set changes in between shows every single day but we did it and we've done it consistently since it started i mean there's been days where we missed but even when b's on tour he's trying to you know come in from out there on a phone call or something now you know Damn. now there's a little bit more technology right where where now it's easier for him to come in but you know what other like celebrity slash influencer guy like 
is consistent for that long. There ain't no one. No, there is no. no one. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, yeah. You, be, you know what I'm saying? I can it think like consistency. 15 years. You know, yeah. you guys have so many. Sh- and you're consistent to the point where every week I click on YouTube and I can see, bam, yeah. and it pops up as they're on show live right now. Yeah. You click on it and there you are right there with you guys, you know? Yeah. that, that And I, I think that's. That's the thing is it's it's built like that core audience over there and, and people. I mean, dude, I've seen people when I'm in the office and I'm just watching like the chat room that have been in there literally like over a decade. Wow. It's fucking crazy. Wow. You've watched these people go from being like pretty much kids, young to like fucking families and, you know, or changing careers. And they're still in there, like sitting there in their office, listening, being fans, like interacting and <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty cool that it's been able to wow, surreal, continue. You know? Yeah, it is. True pioneers. Yeah, yeah. true OGs for real. Man, any last things you want to close out? Any shout outs, any projects? Stuff Man, to yeah, to? just look out for the uh, Dr. Green Thumb branded product that's going to be dropped, I believe, on the 16th um, at the Dr. Green, new Dr. Green Thumb over there by LAX. It's nice. on... Uh, yeah, it's on Sentinel. I can give you guys the address and whatnot, but brand new Dr. Green Thumb shop. It's like the set number seven, I believe. Uh, it's going to drop the Green Thumb brand and then a lot of shops after that, you know. And Congrats, definitely man, give out a shout out to my crew and everybody else that's that's working the shit for sure. And then you're and you on Instagram at Kenji Fujishima. Uh, Instagram is at Kill Drama. Kill Drama. There you yeah. go. And then when you click on it, your name's under. That's yeah, what and it check is. Check out doc, uh, at Dr. Green Thumbs and at insane.og and insane brand yeah they got all the links from there when you go to be reels and you go you can see you guys literally are all connected i could go one-to-one and just literally follow through everybody yeah we try to try to spread it out and keep man we get shut down every once in a while you know you got to keep it moving and and you know try not to connect necessarily the weed brand with with the account the regular shit that like you know you lose one account you start losing you know, all everything. of them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm learning that literally today, yeah. day by day. <laughs> I'm on my 15th account or something at this point. I think, yeah, yeah I think so shop, shop got like shut down like nine times. Yeah. Bad run. In like the first couple of weeks, man. It was like, fuck, dude. Like, and they're a legal shop with a license that, that it's, Instagram it's don't care, crazy. It's, and they're it's, based yeah. in California, Facebook. Yeah, man. But there's haters. Everybody wants don't want yeah. you to, you know, to do good, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you look at it like that. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook big ass hater. Yeah. It's not know. them, it's the people reporting you to them, yeah. right? Like Facebook yeah. that's just all algorithms. Yeah, it's all automated. The system's crazy. It's definitely yeah. not built for us, yeah. but you already know, man, wrapping up it's episode forty one, Kenji with Dr. Green Thumb, first smoke of the day. Kill drama. What's up? I want to take a second to talk about Grow Generation, the largest hydroponic retailer in the country, over 60 stores nationwide. Go to growgeneration.com and enter in the code first smoke. Become a part of the family. Let's go where the pros go to grow. Hey, calling all breeders and growers to the world's largest online seed bank, neptuneseedbank.com. Check out this. I got goodies from all the best breeders in the market. To go here and change your game in your garden, go to NeptuneSeedBank.com. You can get Blackleaf and you can get all the best breeders in the game. NeptuneSeedBank.com, first smoke of the day sent you. Let's talk about Athena, one of the number one nutrient companies in the world, Athena Nutrients. Blackleaf, tell them how you use IPM in your garden. 
Athena IPM, one of the best products out right now for IPM management. This product passed testing for legal facilities and is what is what I use in my garden. Blackleaf approved Athena IPM. This product and all other products, athenaag.com. Go check them out. Appreciate you guys. Yo, welcome to the Diamond Mine, the diamondmine.la, California source for boutique genetics, powered by yours truly, Blackleaf. And you know what that means? That means I'm bringing my best genetics into this. I'm bringing stuff I've been hiding, harboring away, stuff I haven't wanted to let out. We're bringing all that into the diamondmine.la and we're gonna offer that to California. Go on our website, hit the newsletter, and see if you can rock with us. Get on board with some of our genetics and change your garden. The diamondmine.la, powered by Blackleaf. We're here holding Power SI, and we want to talk a little bit about what this can do for your garden. It's a game-changing product I use in my garden. Foliar, res feeds, I recommend it to all growers. This is a game-changer. Go to Power SI and enter in the code FIRSTSMOKE to get a discount. Yo, we're right here at TLC Collective, home of the Jungle Boys, where they've been playing with fire since 2006, right here in Los Angeles, California. It's at Jungle Boys on all social media, jungleboys.com, and if you wanna see for yourself, come right here to TLC Collective, man. Let's check it out.